There's nothing like a warm, soothing cup of Bigelow tea. Sleep better, live stress-free, and stay well all year long with Bigelow Benefits, a collection of everyday wellness teas made from good-for-you ingredients. Each tea contains a unique blend of beneficial herbs that taste uncommonly delicious. Available at your local grocer, Amazon, or BigelowTea.com. Bigelow Benefits, redefining wellness every day. Hi, I'm Lisa Davis. So glad you're listening to Health Power. I love people on who can share their stories of triumph and overcoming. And so many women, especially, suffer with autoimmune issues. If you listen to the show, you know my mother. Oh boy, she had her fair share. And this was back in the 80s when they really didn't know what was going on. And so when I can see someone who who finds joy and happiness and relief, it is so beautiful to me. And I am talking about the wonderful Kristen Bowen, who's on the who is on the program today. She created Living the Good Life Naturally in 2002. Kristen, welcome to Health Power. Oh, thank you for having me. It's great to have you on. So I was reading that you had autoimmune issues and a series of failed surgeries that left you bedridden and depressed. And and tell us about this. And by the way, I'm so sorry you had to experience that. Oh, thank you. It it wasn't anything I ever want to live through again. At the same time, though, it was the beginning of a whole new life, and I'm really grateful to be where I'm at. And so is what happened. I had been diagnosed with celiac disease, which is an autoimmune disorder. Now I understand more about it. At the time, I had a fire going on in my body. I avoided gluten, and I just had a baby Um, I started having bladder issues, was getting back to exercising, and I was experiencing leakage. So I went into my OB and, oh, let's do a bladder tie-up. Didn't think twice of it. I knew my two sisters had had that surgery done. What is that for people who don't know? Oh, a bladder tie-up. So after it was my fourth baby and your bladder drops and makes it hard for the urine to come out. And so at the time, they do it differently now, but at the time is what they did is they would take a cadaver graft and make a sling out of it and hook it with titanium screws, put the sling like a little hammock up on the titanium screws, and then put the bladder inside of that to hold it up so the urine stream can come out. So went in, had the surgery done, um, you know, with my celiac disease under control, no problems. Um, you know, depression had been a part of my experience, but I was on top of it. And on the table, I coded numerous times and came out having daily seizures, was in a wheelchair, catheter, colostomy bag. My body just shut down. Now for me at the time, I was so sick. I didn't realize how stressful it was for my family. I, I couldn't have told you what my name was. I had a very hard time um, carrying on a conversation. My husband ended up taking a leave of absence. We had young children in our home and I was incapable of even getting myself to the bathroom, let alone taking care of young children. And so he took a leave of absence to try to figure out what was happening. And he always thought, um, you know, they left, maybe they left something in her 
in that surgery. Maybe, you know, you hear kind of these random cases that there's a sponge or, or something. And so we basically, he just took me from place to place. We went to Mayo Clinic. We went to Stanford, just trying to figure out, okay, I took my wife in for bladder surgery and now she's being fed through a tube and she's having seizures, can't drive. And we're having to take full-time care of her. Like, help me. And they couldn't put the pieces together. Three and a half years. And it it was so incredibly hard on my family. And is what ended up happening is he had to go back to work financially. We were okay for a year. But after that, we'd burned through our savings and couldn't, you know, we were in trouble. And so um, he went back to his job. And they had to move us. And so they moved us to this little town. And there was a physician's assistant on the radio that was talking. And he was driving to the grocery store, he said, and feeling really desperate. Like, how do I do this? How do I provide for my family and take care of my family at the same time? And he heard this physician's assistant talking about kind of out of the box um, things that had never heard a Western medical person talk about before. And he thought, I'm going to call him. And he called him and he answered and they talked and he said, you know what? I don't know what's going on, but bring her in. So we went in and he said, I still don't know what's going on after hearing more of our story. He said, but I love research and I'm going to be researching. He called us back and said, I think you have Melissa syndrome. And my husband was like, what's that? And he said, that's where you have an allergic reaction to titanium. Now, recognize the thinking at the time in Western community standard was that titanium was inert, that no one had issues with titanium. What year was this? Or what years was Um, this? This would have been 2000. 2001. It was the titanium that I was reacting to, but he said, I don't know if that's the problem. Mm. We won't know unless we go in and take it out. And that was a huge decision for my husband to make because he'd almost lost me the last time they'd done the surgery. So he went to my mom and felt like he needed to bring my mom in on that decision. And they decided at that point, it had been three and a half years, the quality of my life was so low that it was worth the risk. So when they got in there, they discovered another problem. And that is the cadaver graft had been bought off market and had mold. So I had the combination of an autoimmune disorder, mold, and the allergic reaction to the titanium. Wait, I got to go back for a second. Yeah. So the lab or the medical facility bought Mm -hmm. an off market off market. Does that mean like the like it makes me think of the black market or underground or it's it's not they it didn't go through proper procedures for sterilization and it wasn't tagged. Um typically everything is tagged so that you know where it came from and can follow that chain of order and mine was not, which means it was bought off market through not standard medical supply lines. And so between the mold the allergic reaction to the titanium and my pre-existing autoimmune, it was just the perfect trifecta of a health crash. And so they took it out, um, took the cadaver graft out, took the titanium screws out. And I could tell coming out of the surgery, even coming out of the anesthesia, I felt better. 
So it had definitely made a difference in my health, but I still had so many issues. And it was just through the course of figuring out what my body needed that I discovered and fell in love with soaking in magnesium. Because when we're stressed, when we go through hard things in our lives, our magnesium burn rate goes up. And that very mineral that we need to calm down our immune system, the magnesium that we need to activate our vitamin D, the magnesium that we need to support adrenal and thyroid function was non-existent in me because of the incredible stress. And so living the good life naturally kind of gave birth to itself in the process of people seeing me come back and asking me questions and saying, oh my gosh, what did you do this? Or how did you do this? And, and, and so living the good life naturally has been around for 20 years now, sharing my passion to take more responsibility and accountability for your help. Because I realized in the course of that crash that I went to the doctor and laid all of my responsibility on the doctor. I didn't take responsibility that I wasn't eating vegetables and I wasn't drinking enough water and I didn't get quality sleep or quality sunlight. And so it really was a course correction for me that changed the course of my experience. I wanted to hide after I came out of the surgery because I didn't realize how bad it was on my family. And I saw this little traumatized children and I felt so incredibly responsible for that trauma. Um, I realized I had a baby that I never watched take her first steps or learn how to talk. I missed that. And so there was a lot of resiliency that I had to learn because I wanted at that point, I actually thought it's easier to be sick because this is breaking my heart as a mom. These little people that I love, I felt like I'd ruined their lives. Like, how will they, how will they overcome this? You know, the memories and, and just their little faces were just traumatized. And so it was, some things were a really slow process and some things were still healing as a family and communicating. If you don't do it at the right stage in the right time, it takes a heck of a lot longer to process things. And so stuff randomly will come up that will go back to, um, they call it the, the, when mom crashed the crash. And so we still have um, communication about that. And then some things were really quick. Um, I was able to get off of the catheter really quickly once that things were out. Um, getting off my feeding tube took longer. Um, training my bladder. I have nothing on my bladder now and being able to jump on the trampoline with my grandkids that took a while to heal my bladder and so some things went really quickly and some things took years wow yeah it's so good that you had that open communication you know my mom was chronically ill and my sister and I had to take care of her throughout our childhood and it's just it was really hard and then when she, when we were like in our 20s and I guess she was in her 50, early 50s, she's like, we should all go to family therapy because there's a lot we need to talk about. And then she got ovarian cancer and died and it's like, shit. Yeah. So, yeah, you know, I'm we sorry. never think we never had that. And I think yeah. just as such a gift to your kids, at least to be like, I want to hear how you felt. I want to hear what it was like. I want to hear, you know, 
that's huge for them, I'm sure. Well, and think about it, the impact on you, you learned the pattern of becoming a caregiver and your identity became wrapped up in taking care of other people's needs instead of your own, which changes the friends you choose, changes the people you interact with. Um, it, it changes everything because you learn my worth is taking care of this person and your childhood is robbed. Yes. You didn't get to be a child. You wore the responsibilities of an adult. And then I had an oldest male child who was a very strong alpha male and did well do, you know, having that responsibility. And then I wanted it back. Those are my babies. You are not the boss. I, I want that back. And that was traumatic because that at that point was his identity and now I'm saying, no, 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 don't do that. Go be a kid. And and it, it causes chaos in those relationships. And it still comes up for us as a family. And one of my goals is imperfectly, I have not done this perfectly, imperfectly just giving them the opportunity. What was that like? You know, washing your mom's hair, taking your mom to the bathroom, having your mom pee in public. You know, talk to me. What What were you thinking when that happened? And, and so hopefully I've facilitated open communication that they recognize that all the feelings they felt were valid and it, it was trauma and it's okay for them to have their own needs met. They don't have to sacrifice everything to keep the family together. Now at the time they did and, and our family learned some beautiful lessons. It was a trauma response though. And so I want them recognizing that was a trauma response and I don't have to stay in that place of fight or flight. I can come back to rest and renew. And so it's been a journey for all of us. I, I had a point that I didn't feel like what I had to offer was worth it. And I was, I was ready to be done. And I reached out to my kids and just said, you know, did you learn anything? Is, is there anything good that came from this? Because financially, it took my family years to get back up on top. We cashed out our savings, our 401k. It, it took us years to recover from it. And it was interesting that all of my kids found their passion through the pain. So I have a daughter that is a phenomenal cook and a culinary genius and has gone to culinary school. And she said, mom, I learned I could bring my little brothers and sisters together with a pretty empty cupboard if I made it taste really good. And I'm good at it. Uh, I have another son who is a financial advisor to families who have generational wealth that they want to make sure that the younger generation are still functional people, even though they have access to all this money. And he said, mom, I learned that I could help dad pay the bills and balance the budget and take care of the money. And I was good at it. And now that's his passion. And so it's interesting to watch how much it affected my children, even in what they do for school and their careers. I mean, it, it was just a meridian thing before and after it, you know, was such a difference for my kids. Do they ever watch you with their children and get jealous? Like you're out jumping on the trampoline and playing with their kids. And they're like, what? I mean, they're happy, but they're also like, wait a second. I missed out on that. Um, yes. I've had a conversation with two of them. I, I adore being a grandmother. It is 
I, I have no words for it, how much I love it. And I plan and we do all sorts of, of science experiments and all sorts of things. And I had two of the girls come to me and say, we didn't get to see this side of you because we were just surviving. And I, I can't change that. Um, I went to a place of shame and then that made it harder for them because then they had to carry my shame. And I realized, no, 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 back up, Kristen. Me dropping into shame makes it that they, again, can't deal with their emotions. So I had to say, okay, I got to take a little break and I've got to go work on this because this is triggering me at such a deep level of that failure of, of something that is so incredibly important to me of being a mom. And so I had to go do some work and then I came back and said, okay, let's reopen that dialogue. I'm here. I can be here without dropping into that shame spiral. And I want to listen to what your experience was. And so it hasn't been a all walk in the flower sunshine and still it's been over 20 years and we still deal with it as a family. And there are still hard spots as a family. The one thing that we've learned is we can make it through anything. And so uh, it gets rough and we can make it through this. We, we can talk it out. We can learn the tools. We can learn the skills. We're, we're in this together. But it still comes up, still comes up. Interesting. I've never, in all the podcasts that I've done, I have never had anyone understand the consequences of years later. They just think, oh, she got sick. She got yeah, better. It's done. No, it's not I, That's so interesting. It's not done. I'll never forget. I was in a wheelchair with a... Um, forehead brace on it because I couldn't hold my head up. So I'd lean forward with the little brace on my forehead to hold my head up. And I just had a seizure, which meant I was sitting in urine because uh, every time I had a seizure, I'd pee. And I remember thinking, oh my gosh, can people smell it? Can people smell it? And the lady came up to me and said, Kristen, how are you doing? And it was usually, at, oh, fine, fine, you know, fine, I'm fine. And I told her, I said, well, I just peed my pants and I think it might smell and I'm not doing very good. And I'll never forget this. And I'll, I'm grateful for it now because it really helped me. She patted me on the leg and said, well, at least you're skinny. <gasps> oh because I was, I was like 76 pounds and that it was, not, I was skinny, but it was not healthy and my eyebrows had fallen out and clumps of my hair had come out and at least you're skinny and society is so damaged i had i had struggled with body image issues and and that was such a brutal wake-up call for me this is not about what size my body is this is about my body being able to function basic needs of my body. And yeah, it just, it, that changed the impact of the imagery that we get bombarded with in America about what our bodies look like. And my girls have been really grateful for that. They were watching that Victoria's Secret oh, I love um, that. documentary. Yeah, Hulu. Um, what is it? Demons and Angels. Yeah. And they were like, you know, Mom, we were not as affected by our friends because of that experience. Because they recognize skinny does not mean 
great things. And so it was an interesting conversation we had with them about their body image issues. And I was raised with a mom who had severe body image issues and to this day doesn't realize it. She, she, she just tucks it down in this little dark corner and thinks it's normal. And for her, it's become her normal, but it's horrific. It's horrific. And I remember just, I will not give that to my girls and they do, they have some, um, not to the level the generation is healing, but it's, it's so interesting. Like, well, at least you're skinny. We are very big on all shapes and sizes on health power. And I just want people to do health, the healthy behaviors, but we're not going to talk about diets and diet culture sucks. And I'm just so happy that, that you came on and that we're having this amazing conversation. You've probably heard how important it is to take probiotics. And trust me, you don't want to take just any. You want to take one that is backed by science. And the probiotic that my family and I take is Omnibiotic. These are targeted probiotics. They've got a highly effective powder delivery mechanism. They're clinically tested health benefits. They're vegan and hypoallergenic. And they're a leading European product. Let's get them to be a leading product in America. Omnibiotics' unique powder delivery mechanism ensures that 83% of good bacteria reach the desired area of the gut compared to an average of 7% in top U.S. probiotic capsule brands. So my family and I use Omnibiotic Stress Release. Now, this is a psychobiotic formulation designed to support the gut-brain axis. And what that means is that this is looking at, at memory, cognition, improving your mood. And I'll just tell you... I saw an improvement in my mood and my daughter saw improvement in her mood and also a reduction in anxiety. And that is huge. When you can do something natural to help your brain, I love that. Not only is Omnibiotic incredible, you will get 15% off when you order through their website, www.omnibioticlife.com. Just use the code Lisa Davis 15. Check them out. Get Omnibiotic today. I'm telling you, it is a game changer. You want to go to www.omnibioticlife.com. That's O-M-N-I-B-I-O-T-I-C-L-I-F-E.com. This is so exciting. Who turned you on to magnesium? And I'm curious about taking it versus soaking in it, or should people be doing both? Right. So please understand as I answer this question, I'm not a doctor. It's not appropriate for me to diagnose or prescribe sharing my experience in that oral synthetic nutrition doesn't get us where we want to go. Think about it. If it did, you and I could both eat a bowl of Lucky Charms or Fruit Loops and on the back of that box, it says 100% of this and 100% of this because it's fortified with synthetic nutrition. But then we have this disconnect in our society. We go to the health food store and it's packaged in a pill. And we think that same nutrition because we're buying it in a different store with different marketing. We think that same nutrition is going to get us better. So... 
isolated synthetic nutrition does not work. Let's take ascorbic acid. We know Linus Pauling and all the studies done on, on vitamin C, and he did ascorbic acid, but his ascorbic acid was made from real food. The ascorbic acid we have now is made from black mold and does not give us the benefit of the real deal with food. And so because at the time I had such gut issues, I couldn't take pills. And so the soaking became such an optimal option for me with the magnesium and then pile on 20 years of research and studying and realizing, oh, I'm really grateful I couldn't take the pill because I would have missed out on learning about cell saturation. Oral synthetic isolated magnesium cannot get your body to cell saturation. Yes, it can reduce a cramp. It can give you some benefit, but ideally we want every cell in our body being surrounded by magnesium. And we are all so deficient now in magnesium with farming practices on our food, with lifestyle choices, with processed foods, too many carbs, too much stress, not enough sleep, too much sugar. More than 80% of us are not just deficient we're extremely deficient. And so I want that magnesium around my heart, around my liver, around all of those places to give it full benefit. And you can't do that with a pill. You would have disaster pants. You would have cramping, diarrhea. You wouldn't uptake nutrients from your food. And so I want to match up my goals and expectations with the product that will do that for me. And so for me, isolated synthetic nutrition is not a good fit. Okay, I have to steal disaster pants because I had never... <laughs> I'm like, this is a super serious topic. And I'm like, oh my God, disaster pants. Did you make that up? Because that's brilliant. Um, I'm sure I heard it from somewhere. I'm not original with words. So I'm sure in, in all of my research and learning, I've heard that. But I have experienced disaster pants. And it is disastrous when you're in public and you've got bowel issues. And I was one of those people that when I was in public, I knew where every single bathroom was to protect myself from having disaster pants. And so it, I'm sure somebody else coined the term, but man, it fits the problem. <laughs> yeah, it really is a disaster. Let's go back and talk a little bit about what magnesium does for your body, mm. you know, getting it in this cell saturated way. I love that expression as well. And yeah. why this is good. I mean, I hear it's good for, you know, relaxation and your muscle cramps and vitamin D, like you said, but what are some of the other benefits? So magnesium is the relaxer mineral and it is sometimes as I talk, it sounds like I'm a multi-level marketer, late night infomercial <laughs> because magnesium is the gateway to everything. It's think of it like the spark plug in your body. I can have all the hormones that I need, but if I don't have enough magnesium, the hormones can't connect and communicate with each other. And so it's a spark plug. They used to say for a hundred processes, then they said 300. And now studies are showing over 3000 processes in your body that if you do not have cell saturation, you're missing out on. And so magnesium is literally the gateway to turn everything on. It 
balances calcium. When we become calcium dominant, our bones get brittle, our circulation goes down. And so calcium is important, but we need magnesium to offset it. Now, it's funny because before I started this interview, I said, I'm interviewing this amazing woman and she has this great product line and she does magnesium. And my husband's like, I've been taking magnesium for like 10 years because you interviewed a woman while back, like 10 years ago, talking about magnesium. (laughs) Can you ask this woman if I still need to be taking it? And I'm thinking, should I tell him you should be soaking in it instead? Okay, so here's the thing. So if his goal is optimal health, And if his goal is strong bones, balanced hormones, testosterone working, because men are starting to have testosterone issues like we women have had for a longer time with um, estrogen issues. If he wants energy, if he wants good circulation, if he all of those things, active vitamin D, then he needs to know where his cell saturation is. And you can get that through a simple test. Now, when your doctor tests you, he's going to test your blood serum. Magnesium is so important for you to stay alive that your body has to be at 1% in your blood. Your body will pull from your heart, your arteries, your pancreas, your bones, to keep your blood at 1% to keep you alive. So I'm not interested in the test that my doctor has access to. I don't want to just barely be alive. I've lived that. I've done that and it was hell. I want to have optimal help. And so testing your magnesium red blood cell test will tell you how much magnesium you've got around each cell. And we want that at 6.3 or above. Now, it used to be when I would work with clients, I'd have everybody test. Okay, let's find out where you're at. And then as hundreds of tests came back that they were low, I'm like, let's not even waste money and time on pre-testing. Let's do the 30-day challenge. Have you soak every day for 30 days. Then test your magnesium levels. Then we'll make the determination how long you need to soak to maintain cell saturation. All right. So you do the test then you have, um, I don't have them. There are companies, um, online labs, walk-in labs is one request a test is another. I prefer walk-in labs. I'm not affiliated with them. They've just been around for 20 years. And now the thousands of people over the 20 years that have tested, I see theirs being the most reliable at walk-in labs. It runs about 45, Dollars, You can usually find a coupon code for it. You pay for it online. You go to the lab, they draw your blood, then you go to your online portal that you made and it gives you your number. If you're below 6.3, we've got to fix those numbers because a lot of people know, oh, my vitamin D is low wait a minute, we're, we're missing a step there. If your vitamin D is low, you didn't get there without low magnesium. And so let's address the low magnesium instead of slamming down synthetic vitamin D that's messing up the pathway of how cholesterol is utilized in your body because we need the magnesium to activate the vitamin D and get it moving. And so low vitamin D is actually an indication of long-term low magnesium issue. That's so interesting. Okay, so I have a a small bathtub and I'm 5'10". 
Right. So I don't like to take baths because what happens is either my butt and my legs are in, but my chest, all my upper body's <laughs> out, or, you know, you kind of right. crouch down and then your right. legs are out. Your knees pop It's up. probably a really dumb question, but do you have to be like fully soaked? Like, do you need one of those big, you know, you know, rich people, like <laughs> bathtubs? Bougie you bathtubs? Like no. 20 people in it? <laughs> <laughs> no bougie bathtub required. Oh, good. And here's what we found. Now, I'm a bath girl and I love to take a bath. My husband does not enjoy a bath. During this process, my husband became a double amputee. We had a really hard time in the bathtub after his surgery, getting his levels up, his magnesium levels back up. Your feet act as pumps. And so I always thought because more of your body would be exposed in the bath water, that bath water was more effective. Not true. Your feet in a bowl of water is as effective as soaking in the bathtub. So for example, a lot of times while I'm teaching a class online, while I'm on a podcast, I will just have my feet in a small bowl of water and your feet act as the pump and pump the magnesium up through your lymph. Wow, that's incredible. Oh, that is so good to know. Now I have to ask if you don't mind sharing, what happened to your husband? Oh, he was born, he always remembers his legs burning as a kid. They could never figure out why his hands and legs just burned if he walked too much. And we didn't find out until um, we'd been married probably 20, 25 years. Someone stepped on his toe and cracked it open and no blood came out. There there was, I mean, there we could see bone, but there was no blood come to find out he had a genetic disorder that he doesn't have arteries in his legs. And so his legs have been dying since the day he was born. You should have three arteries um, that break off from your knee about the size of your pinky that carry blood and oxygen and nutrients. He has one that's the size of a silk thread. And so it finally got to the point that there just wasn't enough oxygen and nutrition going to his legs. And he's out of so much pain and is in such a great spot now. But we did learn a lot through that amputation about cell saturation. So he always tells me, hey, I took one for the team. No problem. <laughs> wow. Okay. Now, what are, and I want to get, I want to get into the, the, your product line. It looks amazing. But before we do that, I'm curious, and I'm wondering if the audience is curious. After that surgery, they removed the things that were harming you, but you mm-hmm. still had damage, right? So there was still healing oh, yeah. to do. What were some other things you did in, in addition to the magnesium? I had to completely change my patterns. I had a lot of broken patterns. I was a perfectionist. So for example, this morning um, is my heavier workout day. I lift weights, I do Pilates, and I walk. And it was a tight schedule to get to the podcast on time. And so I had to cut my walk a little short so that I could be here on time. In the old days, I would have beat myself up. Oh, Kristen, you should have woke up a half hour earlier. You're so lazy. You didn't do a good job. You didn't hit all of these goals. Just give it up. You'll never get there. That perfectionism drove me. That internal dialogue was an internal rage gauge that burned through my magnesium. And so recognizing how powerful our words are, how powerful that internal dialogue is. And today celebrating, huh, I got my Pilates done. I got a half hour of walking in. I got my weights lifted. I'm a rock star. I did it. 
And so literally changing the patterns of how I spoke to myself and recognizing the power of my words. And when somebody's already overwhelmed, to tell them, oh, you're really powerful and you've got to take more responsibility. Well, we're going to push that away as fast as we can. And I had to learn that overwhelm is not an emotion. It's a lack of action. And I thought it was an emotion. Oh, I'm so overwhelmed. Well, that overwhelm is an indication. Kick your butt and take some action where I just allowed myself to stay in what I thought was emotion when actuality, it was just a lack of action. And so really changing the time I went to bed, the way I chewed my food, I just had to pick up better habits. Yeah, it makes a huge difference. I mean, I'm not going to go off on sleep, everyone. Don't go away. I, I'm like, sleep is everything. Oh, sleep is huge. It's so sleep, important. Sleep is huge. We'll go off on it together. <laughs> <laughs> the sunshine you get in the morning determines the quality of sleep you have that night. Now, I'm guessing the soak, you have the undiluted magnesium soak. That's like absolute must-have. Now, are the creams, does it does it really penetrate? I know when you put things on your skin, it does soak in, but give us an idea. So we have to match up our expectations with the product. And if someone is wanting to experience a difference in the quality of their sleep and they buy the magnesium lotion, that's a mismatched expectation. We need to soak. We need to get to cell saturation. That's what's going to make a difference in the quality of your sleep. Now, the magnesium lotion is great for babies, great for people who are really sensitive and can play a role in keeping you at cell saturation, but it's not going to get you there. And so I love the muscle cream. It's one of my favorites. It is our best selling product um, after the magnesium soak. But we have to use it knowing what its limits are. And so you're right, that that 32-ounce soak is is the ultimate for cell saturation. Let's say somebody has a lot of anxiety or they're super high strung. How often should they be soaking? And they could just do their feet, like you said. Is that a daily thing? So I recommend the first 30 days to do a 30-day challenge. And that way you're saturating your body with that magnesium. And then after that, it's going to depend. My husband, literally that double amputation, I couldn't figure out, like, why are all the nurses hanging out in your room, old man? And it was just purely his attitude. He just went with the flow, never complained. And he has a very low magnesium burn rate. He just handles life and rolls with it. I'm a little more tightly wound. I worry about my grandkids. I worry about this. I worry about that. I have a little bit higher magnesium burn rate. Someone with anxiety has a very high magnesium burn rate. And that anxiety is burning up the very mineral they need to calm down. And so it's really going to depend on the individual. It also depends on how you eat. If you're throwing down soda twice a day, you're going to need more magnesium because diet soda and or regular soda burns up your magnesium. If you're eating sugar, if you eat a ton of processed carbs, your body is going to require more magnesium. So after that 30 days and really getting our numbers up and and saturating our bodies with the magnesium, we need to take into account our lifestyle choices. And I have a higher burn rate because of my autoimmune disorder. And so you've really got to put into like, 
medications, most of them, about 98%, decrease your magnesium levels. So if you're on medication and you have a sluggish thyroid, you're going to have a higher magnesium burn rate and require more soaking. Most people after the 30-day challenge are between one to three times a week is where the, the general population will fall though. Now is drinking, like my husband drinks a lot of just carbonated water. Is that the, but doesn't have any, you know, sugar or anything. Is that the still no, doing damage? we've tested over the 20 years. I've, I've just followed, tested, tracked and put data down to learn. And we tested that and it does not affect magnesium burn rate like a seltzer water. Okay. So it's something in soda then or diet soda. Okay, that, yeah. that's good to know. That's good to know. Now, I noticed that you also have facial skincare, which I love talking about skincare. That's great. Now, is that have magnesium or is this is just a separate, a separate no, line of products? Um, I had so many chemical sensitivities um, through that process. And so it was just me looking for something. For example, um, most people don't realize that butters and oils can, even if they say, oh, it's an organic oil, the way that it's processed can leave a lot of hexane in the product. And I have a really hard time with hexane. And so I not only want my oils organic, I want them cold pressed and I want them grown in an environment that they can pull nutrients from the soil. And so for example, that permaculture olive oil that we use, it is just spectacular because the soil that it's grown in has the microbes that can actually carry nutrients back and forth and it's grown around herbs and flowers and so they're sharing the benefits of what each plant has and so that's just my passion of good skin care that doesn't break my body out. I can't wait to get some magnesium but I, I definitely want to have you back to, to, to delve in. You're such an interesting person. And I'm just, Oh, I'd love to, I'd love to come back on. And, and after, after people soak in magnesium, their questions change because magnesium shines the light on what's happening in your body. For example, some people will soak and they'll get just so relaxed and it's beautiful. They'll sleep well. Some people will soak and they'll get energized. Some people will soak and they cannot move their limbs, which is a potassium issue. They're not getting enough potassium from their food. And so basically oversimplified explanation is their body gets so excited to get the magnesium it needs, it drops the potassium that you've got. And if you don't have enough, that potassium is not sending the nerve impulses. And literally it feels like your, your limbs have gone to cement. And so... I love doing podcasts after soaking because your questions take on a whole new depth. Magnesium shines the light. Well, if your legs freeze up like that, what do you do in the moment? Can you eat a banana or what do you, yeah. Yeah, you you can take some baking soda and drink, take an eighth, a quarter of a teaspoon of baking soda, mix it in water and it'll recharge the body quickly. You can drink some celery juice. You can drink some coconut water powder. You can do foods that are rich in potassium, like avocados, beans, lentils, but that doesn't help as fast as a liquid will. You can take cream of tartar. Cream of tartar is um, potassium, about 500 milligrams in a teaspoon of potassium. So if you've got cream of tartar in your spice, but you need some liquid potassium 
to, to get it in your body and it goes away instantaneously. Some women will soak and their heels will just crack. Like they'll just get, they'll be like, I love the benefits of soaking, but I can't take my heels. Well, it's shining the light that you've got an omega-3 fatty acid problem. And so it just, magnesium shines the light on what your body needs. We've just got to learn the communication of what your body's trying to tell you so you can step up and meet the needs. Think of it like a friend. If you and I are going out to lunch, like every Thursday, you and I go out I to wish. lunch. And <laughs> I wish to. And you quit showing up. Like five Thursdays in a row, you spaced me out. I'm going to eventually quit showing up because you're not there. It's the same thing with our bodies. We're in this relationship with our bodies. And if your body's giving you feedback saying, I'm tired, I'm tired, and you push it six more hours and go to bed at midnight, your body's going to eventually quit talking to you. And your body's telling you things when you soak in magnesium. And that's my goal is to get women to understand what that communication is so you can course correct it and build a healthier relationship with your body. Because when you have a healthier relationship with your body, it's a joy to take care of instead of, oh, I've got to do this and I have to do this. And, oh, I don't want to do this. So I'm going to eat this. But then on Monday, I'll start doing this again. That's when you don't have a good relationship with your body. When you do, that perspective changes and you want to take care of something that you value. You know, I've got a really cheap purse and I have a purse that a friend gave me that she paid like a thousand bucks for. I like, it's a really expensive purse. Guess what? I take such good care of that purse. It sits in a dust bag. I, when I take it out, you know, I'm careful. Like when I, you know, the other purse, I just throw in the car and I take <laughs> off. And that purse, I set very carefully on the seat. I put it over my shoulder. I value that purse. Well, a thousand bucks for a purse is nothing compared to what our bodies are worth. And it is hard to be healthy, but guess what? It's harder to be sick. I've done both. Choose your heart and value what you're taking care of. And if you don't value it, you're going to always put it off till Monday. Health doesn't start on Monday. Health is right now. The decisions you and I are making right now is health. Not on Monday. That's someone who undervalues their beautiful machine. And as someone who lost her health and as someone who has watched her husband lose his legs, those, you know, he's got prosthetics. They'll never, he, he, we have so many contraptions in our home to offset what his legs did and they will never match what his legs did. Our bodies are so much more valuable than that thousand dollar purse. But do we recognize the value? Do we claim it? Or do we constantly push it away and say, oh, on Monday, I'll take care of that on Monday. You are amazing. First of all, I want to have you on regularly. I, you're such oh, a you're gem. Kind. This has just <laughs> made my day. Your website is livingthegoodlifenaturally.com. Yes, I picked that before there were websites. <laughs> Longest business name ever. <laughs> I think that's a great name. I really do. Thank you. I love it. Thank so you. be sure to check that out. Do you have all your social media information on there too? If you go I to do. Okay. I'm very active. I do a walk with me series that I walk the beach. I live in Northern California on the beach. And so I walk the beach every morning and do a walk with me series. And we just talk about things that help 
Women Create Health, and that's on YouTube, my blog. I'm very active on social media. Kristen, this has been phenomenal. I'm so excited. I can't wait to have you back. Well, I loved getting the perspective from you about your mom. And I have to admit, I'm going to have some conversations with my kids this week that are inspired by you because I want to make sure that I'm listening to them and that I validate them and their experience and and lost childhood. I can't go back and change it, but I can validate what their experience was now. So thank you for that reminder. We all need to be heard and listened to. Yeah. And I, I think what's so important is it's not, it wasn't your fault, right? But people still have their feelings. So just before we wrap up, my sister used to get really mad. And I would, because my mom would like send her to the store. Those tomatoes aren't hard enough. And she'd send her back. And she oh, she's so picky. I said, if you felt shitty all the time, you'd be a pain in the ass too. And she's like, yeah, but you can still have your feelings about it. And I had, I felt guilty because I'm like, yeah, but she feels so shitty. What? She has it worse than me kind of thing. But now as an right. adult, I'm like, oh, no, I'm pissed. <laughs> well, and do you, you know? see where the pattern of discounting your experience can could kick into play because of that? Right. And so your heart was hard and her heart was hard. But as a kid, my kids learned how to discount their experience because my heart was so dramatic and in everybody's face. And they tend to still discount if their feelings are valid. And it's like, yeah, it those patterns. And when those patterns are broken and we're not recognizing them, it drives our magnesium burn rate. If we come from that place of always playing the victim, it drives our magnesium burn rate higher. And so it's it's fascinating. It is. Well, you have to come back. This is amazing. Well, that's it for our show today. Thank you so much for listening. We appreciate you. And we would appreciate it if you could please rate and review and leave a comment because the more you engage with our podcast, the more you will find it and help other people find it wherever they listen to their podcast. So be sure to follow us. I'm at Andrea Donsky and at Naturally Savvy. And Lisa? At Lisa Davis MPH. Thank you so much. And please share this episode because the more you share shows you care. We'll see you next time.